Welcome, all listeners, to a very special extra bonus episode of Spam, 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 Humbug, and an inadvertent and unintentional bonus episode as well. Consider this episode 155.9, because I was a jerk, and I totally brushed off, or no, I didn't brush off, but I totally advertised something in the lead up to the last episode that I ultimately didn't deliver on, which was Harmony Dragon's extended comments on Square Enix and their sell-off of a lot of their Western IP. Um, I had thought that I had left some of his stuff in, but evidently I completely missed on doing so and trimmed all of it out. And if you heard the episode on Patreon, you've already heard this, and that is how we're going to be doing it from now on, where, you know, any cut audio is going to be left in place for the Patreon release and then cut out of the public release. But in this case, I'm making a bit of an exception because I did say that you'd get to hear Harmony Dragon's thoughts on Square Enix, and, well, that didn't happen. As always, this episode of the podcast, even little mini bonus episodes like this one, is brought to you by our Patreon backers. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast and the Codex by that means. And as always, a hearty thank you to our co-producers, Seth, Golden Flame, Dominic, Violation, Helgraf, Gronk, Pascal, Thorwan, and now Winfield. All right, let us get on with Harmony Dragon's thoughts on Square Enix. Holy crap, the game's all here. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked. But then again, it has been a while since we've done any recording. Yes, it has. And I get to dish bitch on Square Enix tonight. Weehaw. What, because they sold all those Western ones to, uh, whatchamacallit? The guys that own, uh, Deep Silver and a bunch of other... Oh, I don't even care about that, though. That's embarrassingly silly that they do that right before the market falls falls out of <laughs> Young Yeah did a video on the whole NFT thing. I think he actually did two videos on it. And I literally just died laughing going, oh, it is what it is. We all know it was going to come. It was a matter of time. Uh. Hey Drax, did you see the notes in my chat about uh, how I'm not going to be streaming for a couple of days? I saw part of it. I haven't checked recently, but I remember that. Yeah, I'm locked out of my. Hmm? I'm locked out of my own computer for a while. I don't have a keyboard. Oh. <laughs> Knocked a bottle of water on it in my sleep. Well, that's unfortunate. That happens. But my issues with Square Enix are a bit more personal and a bit more ethnocentric. Ooh, what did they do this time? Well, this is more things going back 20 years, even. Because I've been a consumer of their online products since going back to about 2003. Yes, Final Fantasy XI. So much fun. Because rather than using a sane person's online, uh, you know, pay, like, say, using a, using a credit card and paying when you sign up, no, they had to have a special thing where you prorate it to the end of the month and then pay for your first month and a, and the first little bit to that end of the month then. But that's okay. You know, I could deal with that. Well, but... it was such a new thing for the industry at the time. Like, a lot of places were still trying to figure out, okay, how do we handle this stuff? 
Well, EverQuest was still at the time using uh, playtime cards, and there were quite a few places that were still taking personal checks, you know, online for for subscriptions. I know uh, Dark Age of Camelot still was at the time. That's how that's how I paid for my uh, Dark Age of Camelot sub. Well, anyway, the trick with with uh, Final Fantasy XI, the some of the biggest problems were their servers were all entirely on Japanese soil. So, and this was in the days of dial-up. So you were looking mm-hmm. at about a hundred millisecond ping, you know, about a half second, you know, a half second delay. I mean, and again, in the days of dial-up, that wasn't that bad, but there were other problems as well. Because, again, the Japanese gamer mentality, they did not expect American-style MMO gamers. They did not expect us to be the huge raving dickbags that we tend to be, let's be honest. Never. We're all perfect little angels. What you talking about? Bullshit. (laughs) Well, so... When they started implementing American uh, game masters as well as Japanese game masters, they started having two different sets of rules. American game masters could not punish Japanese players. Japanese game masters could punish American players. Japanese players could not report Amer. Or sorry, Japanese players could report American players and generally did. American players could not report Japanese players for misbehavior. Again, these rules have since changed, but that's how things were in 03. It was, you know, it, uh, you know, I eventually walked away from the game, not because of that, but because of the fact that this was the kind of game where beyond level five, they wanted you to have, they wanted you to have a party to do so much as go to the bathroom. But that was the mentality of pretty much most MMORPGs at the time, so I couldn't argue too much. But that was just one case out of several that Square Enix had. They were very notoriously prejudiced for, you know, towards their own community. Uh, again, case in point, the massively popular Dragon Quest series. We got out every single Dragon Quest here in the United States in the North American market except for Dragon Quest X, the MMO. You know, there had been much clamor, you know, much demand for it, but we never got it. And there was never a straight answer given to us for why. Just a bunch of silence. You know, a bunch of half, you know, a bunch of half answer, a bunch of, you know, non-committal, never a straight answer given. We also have to, you know, remember that devs over there can be just as big of dicks as ones here in the States. Case in point, that that lawsuit that happened was against... Square Enix, and it turns out that that particular guy that sued them for getting kicked off that project and whatnot has committed some pretty terrible bad behavior in past years. And it's like, well, maybe you were taken off the project, you know, if you deal with one person and that's the only person oh, and they're good. a dick. Yep. Okay. The odds are, yeah, they probably were one. But when everyone you're dealing with in a day is a dick, hmm, is it everyone else or is it maybe you? <laughs> Well, there is a reason I'm probably never going to play anything from Blizzard ever again for a good long time. I don't know. That new mobile game, now that they've proven that the monetization isn't so dang toxic compared to most other mobile games, I'm actually going to probably give it a try. Uh, maybe. But then there is, you'd think after that, that those two debacles, they learned their lesson. But then when 14 first came out in 1.0... 
again, and in the days of modern MMOs and 1.0, the servers again were in, were all on Japanese soil. And what's worse is this was a game in 1.0 where everything you did called back to the servers. Every, you know, even opening yeah, your character. You have to remember, though, too, the majority of the players, you know, were probably going to be Japanese anyway. So they were just planning, you know, according to what they expected to be the, you know, what would make the most players happy. Well, probably good latency for them. Right, but they should, but they should have seen from the beta test numbers that there were going to be a huge number of players in North America and Europe. Why? Yeah, do you th- that would have been nice because many of us played in the beta. But eh. why do you think when Naoki Yoshida took over, one of the first things he did was like, okay, we're putting server clusters in Europe, we're putting server clusters in the United States. And I believe they put one in Oceania recently, you know, for the Australians and the Kiwis. I could be wrong about that, but I think they did. If you want to join the Ultima Dragons, you can do so at udic.org, where at you can choose your very own dragon name. You can also find the Ultima Dragons on Facebook. We have a Facebook group there. And you can follow at Ultima Dragons on Twitter or join them on Discord. And if you're feeling really old school, you can even fire up a Telnet client and check out the Wearmount. Hit up the show notes for links to all of these. If you want to participate more directly in the podcast, you can send us an email. Or if you're feeling a little bit braver, leave us a voice message in one of three places, the podcast website, our Facebook page, or on anchor.fm. And you're also welcome to join us on our Discord server to chat with us, to lurk, or even contribute to podcast recordings when they happen. And again, links in the show notes. If you'd like to support Spam 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 Humbug, you can do so at patreon.com slash ultimacodex, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to episodes the day before they go live to the general public. You'll also get access to behind-the-scenes audio when we have some to share, and possibly other interesting content. But we also welcome your moral support. You can like the Ultima series on Facebook, follow at Ultima Codex on Twitter, or leave the podcast a review on iTunes. And you're also welcome to share our episodes with your friends and social media circles. Spam 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 Humbug is a production of the Ultima Codex. You can find show notes online at spamspamspamhumbug.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be virtuous. Virtuous.